Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, a daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Chris Ayers from the People v. Batman v. Superman podcast, and you can find me online at my website, ChrisAyersCreative.com. All right. And today we're talking about minute number 21 of Suicide Squad. Um, but before we get into it, Chris, when was the when was the last time you saw Suicide Squad? Right when the blue, the Blu-ray came out, and I watched the extended edition. So I don't know how long ago. Is it like a year? I'm not sure. Um, like two years ago. Was it 2016? I don't know. DVDs come out fast nowadays. <laughs> it's like five months is the um, like the this the I don't know the duration. I don't even know if it takes that long to make them. I think they just like yeah. hold out, right? Because five yeah. is five the number. Or is it's it like five four? months. I counted, okay. I started counting the superhero ones because they always seem to come out like way quicker um, because I think Justice League came out like four months or something after and yeah, then a Wonder like... Woman was five months. Um, Disney with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it seems like they come out like straight to Netflix almost, right? Like or three months out or something like that. Like Black Panther just came out and then it was like, like now I feel like it came out on Netflix. The Last Jedi seemed to have come out like right after um, onto Netflix, like five months later. Um, yeah, for, for this kind of thing, there's like a narrow window where you can buy the Blu-ray. You know, the people who love this stuff are going to buy it, but the other mm-hmm. people who just want to stream it, they can do that pretty quickly too. Yeah, and it's probably also because like we're starting to get into like uh, a groove of like not going to the theaters for stuff like this, and like yeah, I'll just wait for it to. To red box it is the verb, right? So, um, but uh, yeah, so I guess the last time you watched it was the Ultimate Edition. Does it, does it change anything from the first time you saw it? Like, as far as like the extra footage? I, you know, I can't remember. I think my overall feel of the film was the same both times I watched it, which was like pretty good. I mean, I, I kind of like this movie. I have a lot of problems with it. I, I think it's overall a bad movie, but I still like it. <laughs> you don't hate it enough to start a whole podcast about why you think it's bad right <laughs> no and that was that was the premise of our previous podcast yeah, uh, yeah the dislike for batman v superman which i should add since last time i talked to you guys i have i have a sort of i'm not gonna say i've come around on that movie but i understand your perspective a little better because of something that i watched which was two seasons of riverdale which ah. is a very dark take on the classic archie stuff mm-hmm. and i love riverdale because i i, I think the, the original archie stuff is way out of date and you know it's kind of stuck in the past yeah. So I, I wonder if that's how you guys see Batman v Superman. Like the the more modern, darker take is is more interesting to you than the classic version. Yeah, the it's yeah. always a it's yeah. always a hard thing trying to explain, like s- certain aesthetic choices that people make as like directors or showrunners, and it's hard for even them to really explain it without coming across as like um, edgy. Would be the f- the first word to come to mind. Like something like. Like there's no thought behind making it dark and gritty, which usually is an easy mistake to make. Like there are examples of shows that for no reason try to make things dark and gritty as, you know, quote unquote. Um, and so you always kind of have to have like, a, like, okay, as an artist, how, why are you coming like in this direction to making that with this film is another example, you know, why do we have to chase the, the, the realism with like characters like Harley Quinn and Killer Croc and you know it's it's just something you got to ask yourself um i mean 
hey, I'm, I'm starting to understand it from other people as well when they start to say how things should be more like uh, escapism. And I think that's probably the beauty that we have different guests with different opinions because I think it needs to be an open communication, right? That way we we learn about these different takes. Like Thor Ragnarok, that is a great like escapism film where it's just like it's it's full Jack Kirby, right? And you're just having the best time. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's that one, that one is great because it's reverent to the source material, but also irreverent at the same time. It, it makes yeah. it work. Absolutely. So It's quick, anyway. Um, with Suicide Squad, you, you do think it's good, but it ha- definitely has its problems like we've been, we've been talking about the past four weeks. Is there, um, is there anything that really stands out that makes you really enjoy this film despite its problems? I, my, my favorite thing in comics is when you put a whole bunch of different personalities together. And, mm-hmm. and just see what happens. I mean, I love crossovers. So I, I've always loved the Suicide Squad as a general concept. And I think the concept, you know, still works pretty well here. Um, I have a lot of, a ton of little nitpicks, that, you know, things that, that make me, mm-hmm. ultimately make this kind of <laughs> not great. But I just love the overall feel of it. And I think the best thing that has come out of the DC Cinematic Universe is the second trailer set to Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, if, if that's all I ever get from this universe... I'm pretty happy with that. I love that trailer. Really? That's that's your good f- for you. I think uh I would have thought like the first couple Man of Steel trailers, like maybe the second one or the first one. Oh, I I love those trailers too. Yeah. I I think the, the trailers were great for oh, Man yeah, of Steel. No, yeah, no. I wasn't saying that was mine. I was like <laughs> I was like I feel like Chris's favorite would have been those Man of Steel ones from the beginning. Um it, this it just like it captured the trailer captured so much of what the Suicide Squad is. You know, mm-hmm. and I I just loved and the theme of the song with it's so it's so perfectly done, and I don't know if you guys have talked about the uh, the controversy with the trailer company basically re-editing the film. Have you guys get into that yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to stay away from it to be yeah. honest. So yeah. I mean, I I understand that that's a problem within the studio, right? And then it was David Ayers. Mm-hmm. He originally said this is the movie I intended to make, and then later said. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I wanted to do something different. Maybe like he was just yeah, being kind of diplomatic. <laughs> it's like when you figure out a program that you own has like an auto feature, like um, just any device where it's like, oh, we can auto like, you know, text to speech or something. And it comes out completely wrong. But you're like impressed by it enough that you're like, yeah, I guess I'll go for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Instagram filters, right? They're like pre-programmed. And you're like, oh yeah, it'll just auto make the photo better. And so you're just <laughs> you're inclined to believe that it made the it like the best it could in in some sort of algorithm. And so if they did that with the kind of trailer house cut, they kind of like lied to themselves, saying, oh, they just it, like made it super easy. But then you're like, it's still not that great. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, hey, hey, the trailer thing worked on me, man. <laughs> I, I still watch it. I still love that trailer. I think that's what they wanted. It worked. Yeah, <laughs> I guess like so. Each it feels like each um like scene or week in this in this film is is kind of like a a collection of trailers is that how it's kind of presented like as we go scene by scene through this movie it, w- does it just feel like a trailer that leads into explaining the next thing which is also going to be trailerified so it's easy to gi- digest as we move on to the next one yeah there's really a lot of short exposition things you have to introduce so much very quickly mm-hmm. which i think with the comics um it's sort of built in already because in, in issue one of suicide squad you're already kind of familiar with all these characters and you don't have to you don't have to do the introduction mm-hmm. 
and and the already introduction already happened in in Legends number one in yeah. 1986, which was one of the first DC comics they ever owned. I think I bought it in like one of those combo packs. Mm-hmm. Ah, cool. Yeah, I so, mean, like you already had it in your mind, like what's going on. I don't know. It's just yeah. sometimes <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like I was, the thought popped into my head, like how many scene changes are in this movie, and that like brings me back to this one thing. All right, yeah. so I think the standard for too many scene changes was that uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. No scene was <laughs> longer than like two minutes in that movie, and it's like a two and a half hour movie. And it's just change, 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 change. Count it. Oh, There's so just many. Thinking about it. Yeah, I saw it in the theater with you. Yeah, and like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. It was like you oh walked out, and it was God. like I think that was cool. I th- I think. <laughs> oh my God. I can't I, believe. I you. think I was supposed to like that. There's some things I wish I forgot I saw. Oh, yeah. That's right up and there with that it. that was one of those movies I can't believe I paid for. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons I kind of like this movie is it reminds me of the, the superhero movies I grew up with, which was mostly pretty bad, but stuff in the 90s, like Spawn, Tank mm-hmm. Girl, Judge Dredd, The Phantom. Like, that was all we had. So, like, it was good enough because that's all we had. But they were all kind of bad. I saw Dread not too long ago, like about a month ago. The Sylvester the, the Stallone, Stallone one. Yeah. Yes, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the very beginning, there's like a montage where they just show you the comic book covers, and it's like fade in, fade out, and they're like disappearing like a screensaver. And it was like, is this supposed to like subconsciously tell people, hey, this is a comic book? Please, oh yeah. Please don't try to take it seriously. Yeah. And I, mean, I feel like that's like a. It's like a good thing to do. Like Marvel does it with like their little intro where they're like, "Oh, comic book pages. Remember, there's a comic book." Like, and they do like the with Sam Raimi's Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. It's like they reshow the last film in like comic book panels, and it's like drawn and stuff. And I'm like, maybe this is like a good tactic to remind people, "Hey, the movie you're about to see has like elevated like realism, like elevated suspended realism. suspended realism." Um, like, is that the tactic? Like, maybe that's what we should have done? They do it now, right? With the DC intro. Yeah. No, the ju- new uh, one. The new yeah. one just shows... Isn't it just, like, the worlds where it shows, like, the people? It, it just yeah, shows, like, the it league. shows, like, the comic book Justice League, and then it's like, all right, this is DC. Now well, you guys are reminded that it's comic books. So the, the really out there stuff that Marvel does, like Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok, it's the same thing. I mean, it's, like, it's obviously a comic book. It is that... It, it, Mm-hmm. extreme realism you know and it's I, I like those for that reason yeah absolutely that's uh that's like that's one of the beauties of that expanded universe like to get like that so that we can have those cosmic adventures that really get out there and i think that's what we're all looking for especially like this movie introduces that you know it's like we okay we have our batman and our superman but then let's start to branch out and so as we talk about these characters this week we're going to see like enchantress and stuff and magic most importantly, introduced in this universe. Um, this minute is going to start with uh, that person, June Moon and Rick Flag, and kind of like this is the end cap of last week's scenes. Um, and it will be one of those scenes that, as it segues, it's not segueing with licensed music. This is actual Stephen Price music. And it, you know, I was watching it without volume, and it doesn't seem like that great of a, you know, moment. But with the music, I put the volume on, um, and it it really sells it a little bit more. Like at first, last week we were like, "Listen, I ain't buying this Rick Flag June Moon relationship based on absolutely nothing." 
like how they like how's the chemistry between them already like in firework mode but with the music it's like why don't we why isn't this whole movie doing the whole music thing you know what i'm talking about because of guardians of the galaxy (laughs) and the whole reason yeah yes that's the whole reason yeah it's a music video exactly but and as we were talking about these this whole entire movie possibly being cut like a trailer um or a collection of trailers um this one does segue with Stephen Price's music and um not licensed music so i don't know it, it just seems to be a a good example of it you know there was no there was no licensed song they they could have put there that would have sold it any better um and i wish they would realize that um i'm sure they could have put something <laughs> maybe um Alanis Morissette or something like that i'd like to see <laughs> that I'm trying to think like who else like more and more set please it had to be something s- almost sad i'm telling you i'm I'm giving it to you right <laughs> now when it's more set go <laughs> I was cry like, me a river i man. would not buy that at what? all no man um You're missing out <laughs> you are missing out on some feelings dude maybe like a a lincoln park song or something oh yeah easy <laughs> come on i thought we were trying to be creative i don't know it has to be like the right kind of like. You could put any Linkin Park song in there, and of course it would work. We've seen it done. We've seen it done with how many Transformers films? All of them. Yeah, it proves it every time. Every, every time. Every time you get to the Linkin Park moment in the Transformers movie, it's like, like the this better. is it. You're like yeah, this I get it, it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the minute is gonna end with uh, cha- uh, Chairman Edwards. He has like two titles. We'll get to him. But you have Chairman Edward. Um, halting Walter's kind of uh, presentation to sell Suicide Squad. Crawling in My Skin could have easily fit in that June Moon part. Mm-hmm. It would. That's her theme song. The words also go into it. So. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm, this is this writes itself, guys. Um, we can, we, let's just do our own edit of this movie. Um, Chris, um, before we get into the Pentagon uh, bit, was there any? do you have any first impressions or thoughts about Rick Flagg and June Moon here? Well, in retrospect, it's so obvious that this relationship is made up just to give it some stakes. I mean, it's something created for this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in the comics they ever had a relationship. And so that's one of those. It's just narrative expediency kind of thing where you just have to make something, give it some stakes, have mm-hmm. a, have it mean something for these characters. And I mean, honestly, Rick Flagg is probably no one's favorite character. He's like just a completely boring military guy. It's like maybe if Duke is your favorite GI Joe, this is this your favorite <laughs> character. But. I don't like any of the Joes. What? Yeah. I think they're all boring. Oh, get out! And and I've I've seen I like Joel Kinnaman. I've seen him in other things where I think I think he was good. I mean I don't think he's bad for this role, but he's not really given much room to shine in this. Do you like him in Altered Carbon? I haven't seen that. Okay, I don't know. I'm still I, I, I kind of liked him as RoboCop. I thought that was fine. I liked him on. Um, What's this Kevin Spacey show? House of Cards. Oh, he's in that? I stopped yeah. watching it after. I didn't really get into that, but um, I did watch. I heard Pol- um, I heard Robocop was not bad. Like, it's not yeah. It's not bad. It's not good, but it's not bad either. <laughs> it's like this movie. <laughs> it's, watch- it's watchable. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. <laughs> um, thought, uh, let's see. So... This, you got this guy with two names. Oh yeah, or are we the still chairman. talking about? Yeah. We still, you want to still talk about June and, and Rick? I don't have. Well, I don't. The I only thing, 
I got I it. something. Oh, yeah, all right, go for it. Um, I would say that also the Enchantress has never been like a really prominent DC character. I mean, she's interesting, but it's mostly been in her uh, with the Suicide Squad where she's been recognizable. So to take her and make her the like the main antagonist for the movie really didn't make any sense to me. It's weird because she's normally not like at all. I think she was like a villain for Justice League Dark in the New Fifty Two. Yeah, like she right, was, was like a, she 52. was like the intro, yeah. she was like the introductory villain of Volume One, which was probably like to, just to get you. Oh, hey, remember this character exists? They probably had that all mapped out. It was like, oh, we're gonna put her in the movie too. Anyway, mm-hmm. but well, I also oh. really liked her in the comic called Shadow Pact that came out like after Infinite Crisis, mm-hmm. and it was sort of like the uh, it was probably the precursor to Justice League Dark, and she was a member of that team too, where they were solving you know these kind of mystical mysteries and that kind of stuff. Had Detective Chimp and Shining Knight, yeah, Ragman, all that stuff. Did she ever? Was she? A, did she, uh, Seven Soldiers? No, I don't think so. No, no I don't think she was a part of that. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. But don't worry about it's that. It's a character. Anyway. It's a character I have liked in various incarnations, but it's uh, she's never been prominent enough to be like the main bad guy for, mm-hmm. you know, for the movie. Which I, I'm open to the liberty of it. You know, like I was. I think this movie did kind of increase popularity in Enchantress. Like it worked in like, hey, let's make this character a villain in a major motion picture. And I'm I was kind of sold on it. Um, hearing the different versions that may be out for the film, it seems like she could have been sold way better. Um, and that's something that we talked about last week was, you know, cause it was kind of like her introduction. So it felt like, like they've could have made this more impactful. And something that Nate really likes about this movie is the fact that they introduced magic. And I feel like if we had basically gone with introducing, starting the film with her introduction, that we could have really nailed in like, hey, this universe full of superheroes that you guys are going to see now has magic, which then leads into characters like Shazam and Justice League Dark. And like it opens up that side of the universe, you know? Yeah. If they'd spent more than like 30 seconds on any character introduction scene and it made hers feel important, it would, it would, have, it would have been a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> Write that down in like some sort of superhero playbook that you give to script writers. Like, hey, remember, if you give time to talk about the character... You might the audience might like them better. <laughs> yeah, I think that was in the original cut. I think there were a lot more stuff with the Enchantress and her origin story in the original that got cut. Yeah, I think trailer, uh, trailer park. I feel like we feel like her 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 introduction in this, the flashbacks to her rock climbing was like a whole. It was probably like a whole twenty minute Krypton scene. And yeah, or like a Tomb Raider with like a yeah, college student. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like boom, cool magic, real cool magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know. But we got to talk about Deadshot and Harley Quinn first. Of course. <laughs> we got to talk about Will Smith and Harley Quinn first. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the only thing, um, we kind of talked about it a lot last week, so I didn't have much about June Moon and Rick Flag. But um, something that I noticed in the bedroom, it, I guess they have like chess pieces. On, no, those on, are salt and pepper shakers. Exactly. <laughs> and the first thing <laughs> I thought about was why... Like, is that a pepper grinder just sitting by the nightstand? That's some odd decor they got going on. Those yeah. are, you could probably. It looks like they just rented a hotel room. Is this supposed to be one of their houses? I can't remember. I don't, it's no probably way. a hotel room. It's probably, I am assuming it's a hotel room. I've but like, always thought it was a hotel room. Look at this. Room. It's like king and queen, just marble statues. Like, you could probably, oh, you could man. probably kill somebody with one of those things. Yeah, you could. 
Well, you know, the, the shadowy government organization before Argus, before the New 52, used to be Checkmate. Yeah. The theme, yeah. Chess so, stuff. Maybe. Mm. I like that. I, I, that I keep on trying to find the, the Checkmate references in this. At least, I mean, nothing's been on the nose. Maybe this is the... <laughs> the hotel is called Checkmate. Maybe. Oh, I like mm. that. The Cicada well, restaurant. It could have yeah, been... Yeah, we're on to something hotel. here. It's, we just, we don't know. <laughs> they cut things out. Yeah. Establishing shot of a hotel. The goal is to find the better movie inside this movie. Yeah, that's honestly, the, I think that's what this podcast we're, is. We're uh, DC ghost, hun- ghost hunters. Um, <laughs> so yeah, maybe, I don't know, I just thought it was weird. It was weird decor, weird, you know, placement. Um, but now they're, Amanda Waller is basically convinced that these, convinced these two men that, um, what is the quote that she uses? In a world of flying men and monsters, this is the only way to protect our country, which... Probably the way most people think in that business, right? In 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 our world, is that a, is that a fight fire with fire mindset? Yeah, basically like not, uh, bending rules to get your way, right? I don't know, bending steel. I mean, this scene kind of echoes what happened in that Legends miniseries too. Where it was the first big crossover event after yeah. Crisis on Infinite Earths, and the you know the premise is Dark Side is trying to discredit the superheroes. And so they were like, they're like basically banned by President Reagan. And then, so Checkmate has to be someone to step up and like face the, the dark side threat. Hmm. Or su- Suicide Squad, I mean. Yeah. So, so it's kind of, it kind of works. But then in later versions of the Suicide Squad, it wasn't so much about, you know, defending against a huge threat. It was more of like toppling governments and that kind of stuff. The dirty work the government does. Yeah. It's not so much like a question of ethics. I mean, that's like, I feel like that's something that, most people like the men she's talking to are already aware of, you know, kind of um, systematic structures like that. Like, oh, yeah, just, you know, make people do what we want for us, like military contracted, but like very bad people. I have a question. Is it just because they're metahumans? Go for it. Um, so, like, in relation to, mm, I guess, the other uh, DC movies that have come out. The intro, like the 20 minutes on Krypton, mm-hmm. the few minutes of, you know, Batman's introduction and Dawn of Justice, Wonder Woman, yada, yada, yada. So, like, going by that standard, if the June Moon thing was supposed to happen in the beginning, I think of it as like a 20-minute introduction to magic in the sense. Um, Let's uh, go with that. Yeah. Now, trailer house gets a hold of things they do reshoots or whatever they're doing and they're switching things up and they were like all right well now we have two introductions it's either that june moon one or this one where it's actually kind of introducing like hey the suicide squad is the government's dirty work thing and then they were they like all right we got to choose one or the other like choose Mm -hmm. the introduction of like the movie as a whole and and the antagonist yeah or choose like what the team is actually supposed to be original originally. Hmm. Does that make sense? I feel like it, it kind of pieced together could, in my mind. I could explain it if I could say, yeah, there someone okay. You it's it's basically what this minute is gonna be about, where she's like talking about how the next I think I'm skipping to a different minute. But basically we have people who have these crazy superpowers now we have meta humans um and now it's time to fight fire with fire like you said and so if you introduce her if you introduce enchantress in the beginning then it leads to a 
Amanda Waller, in my opinion, it leads to a better way to sell a team of metahumans yeah. to go fight it. Like, this way is like, I have metahumans, and then it's like, okay, problem was created by you, and you didn't intend to do it, so it's your fault. Now you need to use the metahumans that you, like, thankfully kept captured, because now you can actually use them. It seems kind of like you bought a gun, but you didn't need to use it, and then somehow... <laughs> you, this is a real hard justification <laughs> you're going with, buddy boy. Yes, okay. You want to keep these this train on the tracks? <laughs> if you, you, got, you guys want to follow me down a rabbit hole for a second? Yeah, yeah, uh, go for it. We're, uh, we're working on everything. Cons- Different consi- rabbit hole, please. Yeah. Consider this movie in a timeline where we had Man of Steel and then a proper sequel to to that with Superman. <laughs> then maybe Batman v Superman. Then maybe Justice League. And then maybe a standalone Batman movie where you introduce Deadshot and Harley. And maybe you've introduced all these other characters somewhere else. And then, like your sixth or seventh movie, Suicide Squad, and you've introduced the world. Yeah. You've, you've done a lot of work to introduce the world over the course of five or six movies instead of trying to do it in like 20 minutes. Yeah. I, I, I would, I'm about that. That's what I feel like, you know, I hate saying it. That's what I feel like should have happened. But like, that seems like it makes more sense because it's world building and that just it just makes sense in my mind um yeah the only thing that i the only question out of that was um you said it was like the sixth movie down is that a good time to introduce something like magic into the hmm. sense i feel like i don't know maybe the in, the rush to introduce magic was like oh there's no superman we gotta have magic uh i don't know maybe that yeah. was a conversation that went around like this is like oh well, we're gonna introduce magic because you said a sequel to superman in my mind my head canon a sequel to superman would be more space so like just cosmic things so you yeah. introduce things off the planet earth superman's issues that don't n- always exist on earth and you know i don't know lobo it's someone that comes from space something like that <laughs> um and have him fight in space. I don't know. Brainiac. Something that as the Brainiac, as, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Just anything like that. It's just like okay, otherworldly. Then again, more world building, universe building. Coin that. Um, Instead of making <laughs> movies that introduce an expanded universe, you're saying tease the expanded universe in a self-contained film that just allows it to then branch, right? Yeah. So like, the obvious example would be. Wonder Woman in Batman v Superman and Black Panther in Civil War where they came they come in and they they're meant to just tease yeah hey there's this all this other stuff going on that we'll get to and then their movie comes out and people have an idea of what it is already mm-hmm. and then they just like they just go they just do it Chris also said like a Batman or a Gotham movie that introduced Harley Quinn and Deadshot I yeah. that should have I feel like that should have happened uh, Birds of Prey movie something like that where it's like Streets of Gotham, give me the villains. So that's give me that introduction to let me know that they are a street level villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm coming off hot on the heels of a doomsday fight before watching this movie. Now we're going into like just criminals in cages that are just going to get let free. What? Um, so it was my. I don't know if this is has any validity, but I've always thought that this film was already in the works because they were striking while the iron was hot in the sense of the new 52 suicide squad books, excuse me, that were selling really fast. And so like, did, did they, were they creating this film and then, you know, man of steel. And then they're like, okay, well we want to build a universe with man of steel. 
and they were just like, well, we had the Suicide Squad, you know, IP gearing up to to do its thing. Should we just make it like attach to the universe? Like I've always thought that. Like maybe this movie they were going to create it and it was already getting like the budget and they were kneeling down people and they were like, well then let's just attach it to the universe. Was that uh, probably, I don't know. I, I have to suspect like because this leans pretty heavily on Batman stuff and Batman is very popular mm-hmm. that, that this was a, this was a no brainer for them. Or at least they thought it was, yeah. if, you know, Deadshot, Harley Quinn, Joker, killer croc. Um, and Batman's always kind of had a relationship with Amanda Waller. So it was all kind of stuff that Batman people were going to be familiar with. Mm-hmm. But and they the think theatrical... ba- Batman's it's the print money. Batman wasn't in the theatrical though. That's the only thing. Like it's like okay, so let's throw you all these Batman villains, and if you're only seeing Batman from B- BBS, ba- if Batman, that's your only. Are you thing, talking, are you saying Batman wasn't in the theatrical version of this movie? Yeah, I don't think he was. Was yeah, he? He was. Oh, yeah, he was. was. He? Yeah. Oh, in the car chase never, scene. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, he captures Deadshot, and he was in the in the car chase scene with the Joker and Harley. Okay, okay. Then I just sketch all that. Never yeah. mind. I but, thought those were added scenes. My bad. It's like. And in their eyes, just not that I agree, but in their eyes, they're like, well, you're going to put Harley Quinn. That means you have to put the Joker, right? And then it's just like a domino theory, right? With Yeah, the they whole... probably went that way. Harley's yeah. more popular than the Joker right now, I think. So they probably, hey, yeah. if we do Harley, how do you explain Harley Quinn existing? And then you have to shoehorn in the Joker, <laughs> oh, and then it gets, it's, it gets a mess. It's just a mess. Yeah, jeez. I think metaphysically, like Harley Quinn, as she's realized that joker is just a huge pos that like we as an audience of comic book people hopefully have started realizing hey this joker guy is like a real you know like and and starting to like kind of get over the popularity of the joker because i feel like we've kind of started to over romanticize that character but like i feel like we're starting to get harley quinn as what we want in the joker but like a better character of it that's just my opinion not yeah. that I'm super in love with the character. Uh-huh. Not that I'm like gonna, you know, see every. You saying she's an attractive Joker? No, no, no. Just like again with the injustice Harley Quinn. It's like you have crazy. Yeah. But now you have crazy with a hidden good conscience in you, or something like I don't know. Some people like the pure chaotic Joker, which is fine. I'm just saying that I feel like her. Um, her revelation in herself was was also kind of metaphysical with audiences, basically. Um, but what I was saying with Suicide Squad being like maybe later it was added on to the shared universe. If it was a solo film, they'd still have to spend the time to introduce everyone. They wouldn't be able to tease it in a shared universe. Not that they were, but that if it was a solo film, they'd have a much harder time to go down to a sixth, seventh, eighth movie before making Suicide Squad. So, I don't know. In the very beginning, is it just like doomed to, was it dead on arrival or? Yeah, I think so. And I think (laughs) the big difference between the Marvel and DC universe is that Marvel took such a long time to let it play out and they didn't have the confidence that it would work out. Like it was a huge experiment. Mm -hmm. So they took it slow, right? And like if Iron Man hadn't worked, you wouldn't have the rest of this universe. DC, on the other hand, or Warner Brothers, is like so confident that they can just put something related to Batman on the screen without establishing it that it will be successful. But it will, it, and it was, it was financially successful, but it wasn't good. Hmm, and that's where the debate happens, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but you're right, though. It's like their 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 ideas just 
Batman dollar signs. Um, mm. They're synonymous. Of course. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm partly responsible for that because Batman's like my favorite character. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go see it. Same here. Yeah, Please, ones. I get you. You are I get not you. wrong. Like, like whatever Batman movie comes out, like we're we're all gonna see it. You're, get, you're like, getting my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, then there's no people. Second thought. I don't know. They're like in in most ways. There's no there's no big failure of Batman. Like Batman has never really not sold or been successful. Um, it's almost like a done deal. Like at at this at this point in time, we don't have something to point at and go. That was a big failure. Not even, in my opinion, Batman and Robin. I don't feel like that as a film. Like it's, it's got of, its own novelty. Yeah, it's got. You it. know how many discussions <laughs> there are about that yeah. movie? <laughs> exactly. Like, that's the point. Like, there's never bad merchandise still sold. Mm-hmm. That was th- that was the point. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is probably huh. that as much as we have a surplus of Batman con- content compared to other DC superheroes. We don't have Batman fatigue yet because we don't have every year a Batman film coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. What What do we have fatigue of though? Um, I don't want to really say names because if I start saying franchises, people might get angry. Yeah, you're right. Some people are gonna be like, "Hey, <laughs> that's not fatigued," but it could be. Just saying. Anyways, um, <laughs> take it away, someone with notes. <laughs> Uh, bop, 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 bop. We still have like a whole second half of this minute. That's yeah. like a boardroom meeting that we yes. haven't even talked about. Um, my only last note for the cicada, she says. I got to tell you, coming in on this Monday episode, um, where this uh, the transition is, that music caught me totally off guard. You, all right, that's all I wanted <laughs> to say. Absolutely. Um, just her quote in the cicada, where she says, "In a world of flying men and monsters, I wish she said God and monsters. It would have been nice, but it's a little, like, little pet peeve quote." Um, but yeah, uh, since she's done at the Pentagon, we now come to, um, oh, she's done at the dinner. Now she goes to the Pentagon. Now she goes to the Pentagon. You're right. Um, when, um, huh. in Batman v Superman. Yeah. Um, you think they got Magneto under the there? Magneto? He's just hanging out. <laughs> From Days of Future's past? Uh-huh. Yeah. He's just chilling, right? Um. Oh, it's present day. He wouldn't be there. Come on, Mark. Oh my God. Different Nathan. comic book, Nathan. What if Superman decided to fly down, rip off the roof of the White House, and grab the president? Um, That's the first. Uh, oh yeah, it's on the subtitles. That is, on the that is how we open up at this Pentagon scene. Uh-huh. Um, and is this this is an Easter egg to something that happened in in Superman film, didn't it? In Superman two, yeah. But Zod does that. So this is kind of like. Uh, is it a reference? Like, it, this is an Easter egg that's, like, a valid one, right? It's not just like, oh, what a coincidence. It's like, oh, he's, like, referencing the second one, right? Yeah, that's the plot of Superman, too. But, okay, let me ask you guys a question. At, mm-hmm. at the end of Batman v Superman, the we're supposed to get a sense that the public is on Superman's side, right? That he's the one over the general consensus of, like, public opinion. Is that is that how you guys read it? Hmm... Some people do. The like he's celebrated as a hero and has this huge funeral. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's um br- broad strokes. Are you, are you yes. talking? Bef- are you talking like post Man of Steel or post Dawn of Justice? At the end of Dawn of Justice. Yeah, end of Dawn of Justice. It looks like Superman has sort of won the the close up shot on opinion. everything. They got the big funeral, two funerals, two funerals, I'm two funerals. Um, I mean, they had a they had somewhat of a 
Yeah, he's seen as as a hero. He's seen as There's like a, it's yeah. what Batman says. It's like they they're they're honoring him as a you know. The whole world is mourning this superhero, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, so yeah. The premise of the of this you now is that we're still really afraid of him. Oh, he's dead, of course, but we're still afraid of something like it. So instead of using Superman as a reference, would you use? It'd be more interesting to me if they'd use Zod or something or another threat that could happen that wasn't this guy who we celebrate as a hero. Well, they only know the two. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's probably weird. I, I think it is still, like, it is still targeting the fear of Superman acting against America's will, which still seems like, you yeah. know, it's still shaking in the boots of some of these generals. Uh, at the end of the minute, one of the guys shoots up real quick. He's probably still upset at, you know, that the fact that a dude can fly around and stop monsters. It's a who watches the Watchmen type thing, right? But, like, my question was, do they, do people know about the events of Dawn of Justice that night that he died? They probably know that he died fighting an alien or monster, whatever they want to call it. But I don't think, the public does not know about Lex Luthor, his involvement with anything that had to do with his death. They don't know, do they know about Batman and Wonder Woman being there? And do they know that right before that, Batman kicked Superman's ass in some building? They know about Lex Luthor. There's an article printed. That shows there is an article. In, where it shows the death of Clark Kent in mm-hmm. the paper. Yeah. So they know about Lex. Um, yeah. Because Lois Lane would have made sure to let him. Yeah, know. that's like it's again, it's things that aren't spoon fed to you. It's like you know, pay attention to the movie. Get your papers. <laughs> uh, Lex Luthor's a bad guy. Um, it's not like that, but uh, unlike the Superman, the death of Superman comic book, it's that doesn't happen in broad daylight, and it's not mm-hmm. like he's you know, he's not like the champion of Metropolis, you know, in, yeah, in, in the end of the movie. To answer mm. your question, should they have used Zod instead of using a guy that is now revered as a hero? Yeah. Maybe. But also, I think I it think is so. still like trying to target that, again, that, that old fear of, hey, this guy was still flying around and shooting lasers out of his eyes. Uh, even so, if he still thinks he's good, he's dead yeah. now. Uh, what if another one exists? It's a political yeah, well, That's debate. what David Harbour says. Mm-hmm. David Harper's character says we're the next Superman. So I mean, I understand the point he's making is that we don't have anything to fear from the guy, the two Kryptonians who are dead. But what if mm-hmm. the next one? Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it's uh, there was a big debate in their in their world about the Superman, and you know there are people who took sides, and I'm sure as far as political affiliation determines your opinion. Like, there are people who choose a side and their political party believes Superman may be a complete threat and, like, you can never trust a person like that. And so there are people, even past the death, that they, you know, didn't really change people's minds, that most of them were, like, uh, Good maybe, yeah, we're better off without him. Like, let's make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, so, yeah, and it, and it could be based on Superman's own... Um, unwillingness to like choose a side you know like he i think it's yeah it was supposed to reignite that yeah. uh, old fear of because in Don Justice, gonna act against us he's been he was completely apolitical like he didn't he did everything he could to like not be um like act, like showing a side like he couldn't do that as a unilaterally sp- yeah exactly mm. acting unilaterally and so well, um 
Yeah, go for it. Overall, this scene this scene reads as like true to what the, our government probably goes through. I mean, governing based on fear. So yeah. I, I could understand the reaction. It seems it seems real enough to me. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess that's why this kind of spiel that Amanda Waller has to do kind of seems like redundant in a sense. Like we just saw a whole scene not only introduce some of the metahumans, but to sell this idea of a team called Task Force X and like how easy it is to not get caught with blood on her hands and then she has this pentagon meeting where she basically does it again um but i guess it's just a good sales pitch mark <laughs> take notes that but, she has two supporters now which might be mm-hmm. the reason that they met yeah oh yeah for sure if if the premise of this movie was more hey let's use these people these specific people to like go knock over a government that we don't want to you know get our hands dirty with that would make so much more sense to me but like putting killer croc up against a superman level threat or harley quinn who's basically just crazy and, and funny mm-hmm. but not powered mm-hmm. or slipknot poor slipknot yeah 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 poor slipknot. <laughs> which i mean again if this was the sixth movie down the line i probably probably would have been cool you know it would have been cool as well seeing like again an introduction to this on street level thing like if there was you know a precursor like checkmate that like showed up Maybe just offhanded comment of toppling governments and, you know, street level crime or what have you. And it's like, oh, yeah. OK, so metahumans do rob banks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like there should have been a few things stacked before. Yeah. The, the way that the Suicide Squad was used in the Arrow TV series was so much better like, conceptually than, than it is here in this movie to me. Yeah, I, I that's one. Of, I wish they would always like allow the licenses to be shared throughout. Like, I don't want them to have to like cut one Earth's like Harley Quinn just because another Earth is using Harley Quinn in their Suicide Squad thing. You know what I mean? Like, treat it all as like a multiversity thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're DC. You have that ability to blame everything on the multiverse. So just do it and allow for these things. But I guess for the business world that's that can't be a thing um like not that i'm trying to like direct how this movie should introduce characters but it could have it could be a neat idea to have introduced the characters like they have to introduce each other and like showing you remember that predators movie yeah or like a most dangerous game type thing Mm -hmm. hunger games like throw them in like have them wake up in the in the chinook like the helicopter and then have no idea how they got there and just be like, hey, guess what? Y'all have bombs in your necks. You're going to go destabilize this government. Don't get us in trouble. Like, And then they're like, hey, I'm Deadshot. I'm Killer Croc. This guy eats people. I don't know. Like, Just do something like that. And the only one who knows, it's like a Saw movie now. The only one who knows the deal is Rick Flagg, who's like been debriefed on the whole situation. And so that's why he's leader, because he knows things cool yeah i think that could have worked i think (laughs) otherwise you're stuck with trying to introduce set up an entire world and introduce too many characters in the first half hour Mm -hmm. it's a mess it's kind of mark is kind of right with the whole like uh i could have easily seen them that chinook scene being like bang it like yeah black and then instantly right there because rick flag does is the only one uh, you know later on oh yeah he's the the only only one one that knows what's happening oh my god so we're on to something here. Yeah, well. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> waking up on a helicopter. We're on to one of these movie edits here. Completely um, straight-jacketed. Um, 
but yeah, I guess my question was when uh, when he asked, like, who would have stopped Superman? Like, the next evil Superman, if there ever was one. Captain and Boomerang. Of course. <laughs> Captain Boomerang. Don't knock on Captain Boomerang. That man, I don't know. Anyways, but, like, did they not know? My, when I asked about, like, Batman and Wonder Woman, like, who would have stopped him? Well, I, we kind of proved that he can get, he can be beaten. Who? Superman. Oh, but by whom, though? By Batman? Did I use that conjuncture correctly? <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know. I just, it just seems like, did, did no one else see the rest of that event? Or were they just like, hey, woke up this morning. Superman was dead. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, yeah, I think a monster killed him. <laughs> I think that's what they all said. Like, hey, there's a freaking green monster that just stabbed him with a uh, giant nope, bone that's the, hand. Pro- that's the author of property. The one that he's based off of. Uh, all right. <laughs> the issue is them just trying to shoehorn this concept into what they've already established as the DC universe, and it's not really smooth. It's it's not pretty. I'm just saying. I I, <laughs> I just want more clarity on what happened. Um, and it could be, you know, just blame it on the on the trailer cut. That's all I'm saying. Blame it on the trailer cut. But, um, yeah, so then they talk about how we have contingencies for all things like nukes, anthrax, and the Flint water crisis, I guess. What's the contingency for anthrax? What is the contingency for uh, fluoride in our water? I don't, I don't know. I don't think they have one. I, don't, I think that's a problem, man. <laughs> I think it's a big problem. I think it's been a problem for a, a, a long time. It sounded like he was just listing problems that we have in the world. Like, not that we have solutions for them the ice caps are melting (laughs) yes titanic the polar bears are dying um (laughs) internet speeds cost hundreds of dollars (laughs) Uh. zencaster crashes every time i try to use it for podcasting (laughs) symphonies have no money (laughs) the local jazz artist makes no money working two jobs that the reference to anthrax reminds me of like that's such a like almost 20 years ago reference it's an 80s like, thing yeah well after september 11th some people were receiving anthrax in the mail like news news people and government people but that's like, like 17 yeah. years ago yeah <laughs> we have pipe bombs in our mailboxes like <laughs> like weird epidemics that like came and went but i don't know what the solution to anthrax is just don't open your mail i i don't know what the what the what the things were in place did they have like a dog posted at every post office I don't know. I didn't come to the new post office. We got a dog posted every one. I don't know. It's uh but I guess we have a solution for metahumans. So uh, more metahumans. Do we have a like a, in real life? And I don't want well, I'm not trying to get too dark, but Crazy. do we have um deterrence for nuclear attacks from North Korea? Like I figure like a satellite like I the am, whole Star I Wars am, thing? Uh, dude, space Force. <laughs> yeah, space Force, yeah. I'm well, telling you, there's a hammer of dawn orbiting our, our planet yeah. right now. Yeah. There's, I mean, what Reagan tried to set up in the 80s was basically that. It was yeah. Star Wars. I mean, I, don't, I think yeah. we have things like that still. My brother actually works, or used to work in that NASA Strategic Space Command. I mean, they have detections for, for nuclear weapons and stuff. They got like a rail gun or something like that? I don't know how it works. We're on mic. We're, we're <laughs> <Yeah>. recording. <laughs> you, should ha- you should have somebody on here who actually knows oh, how that works. Oh, FBI is here. They're knocking on the door. <laughs> so, we we I, just I, said a lot of bad keywords, didn't we? Like anthrax. Oh, and, uh, totally. Bombs, <laughs> we are, we're just get them all out. Oh, my God. This is the stuff they look at later when, when things happen. Uh-huh. It's going to be like, uh, yeah. But, yeah, just ask them next time. Hey, do you, do you guys still consider anthrax an ongoing issue? Just ask him that and see if he says anything. 
It's like, yeah, I think we're good. You think it's like the like you could point out the anthrax guys like a like a <laughs> like a crack dealer like in the in Central Park. Like a be dare like, that guy that guy's got the anthrax, watch out. And like you know, he's going up to the mailbox and like immediately <laughs> some guy's like, No, 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 buddy. And they just nip it in the butt right there. Ugh, I didn't yeah. It just seems like such a like such an aged um issue to have and to bring up really. Um but yeah, so Amanda Waller, um she's basically being introduced with this kind of like spiel from this guy. He's like, you know, but now we have a solution. Amanda Waller, uh, please take the floor. Like, yeah, it was like a it's a sales presentation, man. They got PowerPoint in the back yeah. and everything. <laughs> oh man. She, I told you take notes. She is the leader of Argus, right? She on behalf of Argus, she is yes. presenting this cuz that's what it seems like on the PowerPoint is that the first image before she comes up is the Argus symbol, which if you guys have want to talk about anything regarding history about Argus and comic books, feel free to do so. I did not. Um, I know I looked. I ha- it's here in this Art of book, but... Um, I don't know. I mean, we anything? can save it till tomorrow if you want to shout some things out. I didn't have anything written down. Did you ever find... You see this? No, I didn't look here? it up. Yeah. It's Latin or something? Yeah. I'll, I'll probably have to look it up. All right. But yeah, Chris... No, I think there's I think there's a place to talk about Argus later in, in these minutes, but that's okay. good. I think we'll we need to do it now. Then. Cool. Alrighty guys, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. Join us, other listeners and other guests of the show, and tell us what you thought about today's episode or anything that you're catching up on. We'll catch you guys tomorrow for Suicide Squad Minute.